0: Welcome to the Art of Relationships podcast. I'm Chris Grace. And I'm Tim Muehlhoff. And uh, one of the cool things we get to do here is just be able to come to you and talk about some issues related to all things relationships. Tim, um, we did a podcast recently on uh, talking with singles about different kinds of relationships they might be in, roommates, yeah. uh, engaged couples, dating couples, and uh, just answered questions. And that was really fun to do. Uh, what if we tackle now uh, marriage and different questions yeah. that we've received? Yeah. I and mean, we get so many you speak nationwide uh, a number of different times each month at different places and locations, and you and I have spoken together in places, and I think we still find that all the questions kind of kind of coalesce around some issues related right. to things yeah. like conflict and
1: communication, but the deeper purposes of marriage is they have questions. Which I think people should take comfort in, that basically people are asking the same general kind of questions when it comes to marriage. It doesn't necessarily mean Um, that people are different in different geographical locations. It really does seem like there's just a set of questions that everybody wrestles with. So we thought we'd take uh, some of these and just jump in and give them our uh, thoughts. So here's the first one. If marriage is designed to be missional, how do we go about pursuing that call together? How do we know we are effectively engaging with this in our marriage? That's a great question. One, let me just affirm the question. Mm -hmm. Uh, A marriage is... Healthy when it's not just about the marriage, when there really is some principle that's far beyond the marriage. I think about what Jesus said, Chris, when he said, Seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added unto you. And I think that applies to marriage. If there's something bigger uh, that's driving you, that's great motivation to care about taking care of your business, taking care of your credibility as a couple. Now, the question, though, goes a little bit deeper is, One, how can we pursue this together, Mm -hmm. and how do we know that we're actually making it a part of our marriage?
0: Yeah, Tim, I think this is getting at a question that I think a lot of um, academicians, theologians, and others go for, and that is, what's the end, the telos? If you can come up with your purpose, what's Mm. your... Like, some have even tried to make it... about a purpose, but it helps to even think about this. What's our calling? What's our purpose? What yeah. what did God call us to do? And so if you start with this end goal in mind, what is the ultimate end of marriage, the ultimate telos? And I think you can start with something like this as a couple. If you believe that the end goal is to bring God glory. So yeah. what did what did some researchers talk about that did study in marriage a guy named remember a guy named uh, Gary Thomas who wrote a book it's marriage is not designed what yeah, if marriage wasn't marriage. De- yeah. yeah. what if marriage wasn't designed to make you happy but yeah, it's to great. make you holy great. it's a great start i think that's what he was getting at there must be an end or a purpose and one of those has got to be that we not only grow cl- closer to uh, to god but we in so doing, in our relationship, we bring others to God. We we use our marriage to help bring out God's glory to people, and yeah. they see how we handle disagreements and conflict. And a model is, wow, they still love each other, they still support each other,
1: even in the midst of difficult times, they're doing this because they're pursuing a deeper purpose. And C.S. Lewis had a great quote, that life is made up of first things and second things, get the first things in place, Lewis said, and the second things follow. So I think the first place is what Gary Thomas is talking about, theology of marriage. The second things Lewis was talking about, I think with this, the latter part of this question is getting at like, okay, so once we make this philosophical decision- how do we do it together? And I would say things like, um, what comes to mind is we regularly look at our checkbook. Where's our money going? Uh, I think we regularly look at our time. Uh, Are we involved in a ministry at church? I, I mean, we say we're a missional marriage, but have we joined a ministry at church? Do we support people? Even something as simple as prayer. How much time do we take praying uh, for our neighbors, for their relationship with Christ, or praying for um, couples that we know are hitting, um, there's a chance of divorce? So yeah. again, that kind of checklist, I, I think is wise. I, I love that.
0: And I also think another way to do this, Tim, might be to figure out, even at a even more basic level, where do you feel most connected with God? And so it could differ, right? In a yeah. marriage, a husband can say... I feel more no i 'll give you an example for us whenever i'm reading some some great new insight or thought from a book, a it, Neil Hoff book. <laughs> it pretty... really challenges me most of the time uh, <laughs> and and yet there are many times when it leaves me empty and not not, not... <laughs> but when I do find something that's really fun or really exciting, I want to share that. Yeah. I feel like God yeah. is there now, Elisa, on the other hand, loves and feels god's pleasure, his presence whenever she is taking a walk on a beach or in the mountains or... In, in, in nature and experiencing God's beauty in that way. And so what we've learned is if we're going to do and pursue God together, one of the things we start with is, oh, okay, let's both encourage each other in, the, in our walks and then begin to see how we can do that together as a couple by in, enhancing those opportunities. So we'll go to the beach
1: oftentimes, which she loves, and I'll take a book. you know, yeah, and ta- that's Which a- I hate. <laughs> do you understand what I'm saying, Chris? I, I sit down and it's the sun and the sand in my book page. Yeah, and you. it's all dirty. <laughs> and, but it's for your wife, and that's that's awesome. And that that could be missional, yeah. right? Because that way we're both yeah. uh, get, uh, feeling
0: gut. We can then talk about some cool things as we sit there, and how can we use our marriage together or what God might be calling us to? All right, start with another question, Tim. How do we move past uh, some of our fears of intimacy with a spouse. That's another one that... I mean, it could be spiritual intimacy, emotional intimacy, mm. but probably or possibly this idea of even physical intimacy. There are some times in which we just have, especially with some newer, younger couples, uh, this fear of intimacy, almost like vulnerability and feeling a little bit of shame at times. Oh. Um, we, we you know, be, uh, Somebody now, when we're first married, begins to see this side of us that We've never shown anybody before, yeah, yeah. and we're worried that we will be rejected, not accepted. And some people worry about this a little bit more than others. What do you think?
1: How do you get and over it? It's that? not even young marriages, Chris. I'm thinking of some really good friends of ours who are a mature Christian couple, uh, and they really struggle praying together. Yeah, and and it's taken them years to get. And that's interesting to think about why. And I think it must be the intimacy factor, yeah. right? Prayer is a deeply intimate thing before we get married, and now mm-hmm. we're married, and now we're joining in. I-, I think my quick answer to that question would be, one, you have to understand what's driving the fear. Yeah. You can't just put a Band-Aid on it and mm-hmm. say, well, okay, we will pray together. Mm-hmm. But I would, I would want to find out what's fueling uh, this sense of fear when it comes to, and you're right, it could be sexual intimacy, it could be vulnerability, it could be praying together. Um, So from a psychological standpoint, how do we go back and start to take a look at what might be fueling this kind of fear?
0: Yeah. And this is where I believe an understanding that, a a deeper understanding that Marriage uh, is actually an amazing place where we've made a commitment to somebody, we've done it publicly, and in so expressing that commitment, we sometimes have to remind each other and, and even ourselves of that very deep commitment because that engenders trust with couples and it's that trust that can overcome some of these things that we bring in. Where, we, where, we, where we're bringing in vulnerability. So I would say we move past this fear yeah. when we start with the place of trust and acceptance and, and acknowledgement. And we ad- admit, like you were saying, some of those deeper things that underlie our fears, we're f- afraid of maybe being seen as not acceptable or someone who has, you know, too many... Problems that yeah. can't be fixed, or or we just don't like something about ourselves, and we feel judged, and it's those kinds
1: of things that we need to start processing and dealing with. And even attachment styles, Chris. Right? Yeah. Um, I think we, I think we should do a whole podcast, by the way, on attachment styles. Yeah. I think it's fascinating. In yeah. other words, how you attach to your parents, particularly mm-hmm. your mother, mm-hmm. kind of set the template of how you're gonna attach to people in the future. So yeah. it's really good to go back and kind of analyze what was my relationship with my parents or mm-hmm. primary caregiver. Mm-hmm. Um, that did set the template, whether you're trusting, whether you're anxious, whether you avoid intimacy. Mm-hmm. So uh, if you're interested, just go ahead and Google attachment styles. And I think we'll do a whole podcast on that. Yeah, that'd be great. There's so much on this with intimacy. Let's try another question. How, and this is a great one. By the way, I can't wait to hear your answer to okay. this one. This is uh, how do you receive criticism in a productive way without becoming defensive or taking it personally? Uh, I have a lot of practice with you, I, so I think that's what
0: the way I see it is: it practice makes perfect. Because sometimes you just no. I I would
1: we're laughing because this is tough. Yeah, it I mean, really this is hard is. for everybody.
0: Yeah, yeah. taking uh, criticism personally when someone shares it with you. And I'm thinking this is in the context of a marriage, you know, when someone shares, hey, this really bugs me here. I I think it becomes um, almost related to the other questions, right? Intimacy starts to lead us to places Mm -hmm. where we have some things that we need to fix and get right. And those can be unsettling. Those can be hard. And that's why I think defensiveness starts to kind of rear its head and go, wait a minute, you do this too. I'm not the only one. And I, I think... The way you do that, you know, Elisa always says one of the best ways to do this is she has the the, the that thing of the four P. She talks about you know you pause when mm. during this time and when someone shares something that maybe feel, makes you raises up your defenses, yeah. makes you feel critical or makes you feel like they're criticizing you.
1: But, and Seneca once <clears throat> said the best remedy for anger is delay. Yep, that's that the pause is huge. That's it. Yeah,
0: I think that's it, Tim. I think you just simply pause and then and, and during that time. What you can do during the pause, maybe it's five minutes, maybe it's 10 minutes, maybe it's an hour, but what you do is you take time to figure out, all right, God, what's going on in my heart? I need to settle down, right? And then learn a little bit about what's going on and what this might help
1: me to see from God. See, and that right there, Chris, what you do during the pause is what separates Christian and non-Christian marriages. So if you're in a non-Christian marriage, I, we still would advocate the pause, right? Seneca wasn't a believer, He's, yeah, 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 but it's good advice. But what you do during that pause yeah. shows what power you're relying on. Yep. So yeah, I agree with the pause as well, but I'm not just pausing and saying, Tim, come on, yeah. don't be defensive. Don't be defensive. I'm yeah. saying, God, I am getting defensive. Yeah. And I really ask that you help me to understand that my spouse is believing, wanting to help me, help me not to be defensive, help me to hear what... She has to say that what you do during that pause is huge. I think, uh, yeah, it's really hard to make that prayer and to say, "All right, Lord,
0: what am I doing wrong? <laughs> I, I, I'm not. I, I do see things from yeah. a biased, you know, my own perspective. I, I know, you know, she has a point. I, I know that my partner loves me and cares for me. So, what can you be teaching me in here? Right. Search me, in the psalmist says in one thirty nine, search me, oh God, right, know my heart. Try me and know my anxious thoughts, see if there's any hurtful way in me, That's right. right? And then lead me in the everlasting way. And that that takes some time and that takes a little bit of effort. But once you do that, you don't have to have all the answers, but what you can do, that pausing That's usually good. calms your heart. Now,
1: four Ps. So the first well, one was pause. Yeah,
0: pause. Second one was pray, right? Okay, And yeah. then as you... As you do this the Psalm 139, I think you begin to process what you're hearing with mm, God. God, yeah. okay, this bugs me. I am defensive. I am angry. Yeah. What's going on? Okay, what are my anxious ways? What what are you teaching me about this? What what about the issue or the situation? And then I think the the fourth one is something you're you're really good at and you've talked a lot about, and that's perspective. Taking the perspective yeah. during that yeah. time, yeah. what Lord Give me insight into what my spouse is feeling right now. Help me see it from her side. What might her her angle be? And I think this is, you know, your idea about perspective taking that you talk a lot about.
1: Yeah, and Chris, this is... Boy, we should probably do a whole podcast on perspective taking. But listen, nothing's easier than doing all this during a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. Well... I should do the four Ps when I get home, but I'm ticked, right? I'm hurt, I'm tired, I'm mad. There's lingering conflict. So that's why this is a spiritual endeavor. And let me tackle one other aspect of this uh, that we haven't touched yet. I do think it'd be wise to say okay, is there something my spouse is doing that's provoking defensiveness? Another way, I I do think it's a two-way street. So there might be something your spouse is doing, like um, sarcasm, Mm -hmm. um, using that whole classic thing of I and you statements, you know what I mean? So I think it is fair to say, hey, let's, obviously let me address me. I need to be open to what you have to say. But, But at a later date, it could be good to sit down and say but hey it does it is hard when you make these sweeping generalizations yeah. it is hard for me when you it sounds like you're accusatory when you you know what i mean yeah. that kind of stuff could be good but not initially initially yeah. i think we need to be open yeah. to what our spouse has to say even if he or she has not said it in the best possible way sometimes yeah. we use that as a cop out yeah. Eh, yeah you used uh, a yeah. you statement so yeah. i don't have to listen to you yeah that yeah no,
0: that's good. So pause what we do, pray, right, process what you're learning from God and talking to him about this situation. And then you take the perspective of, you know, it's perspective Yeah, taking. to say so.
1: what... So let me stop for a second and see this from my spouse's yep. perspective. Yep. I might not totally agree with it, yeah. but let me try to see the world through her eyes yep. to understand the emotions it's yeah. feeling. And many of us... Just simply don't have the patience for that. I'm jumping in. I'm going to check your uh, facts. I'm going to disagree with your facts. Uh, You're attacking me. Well, I'm attacking you. Man, that kind of stuff just short circuits good intimacy and communication.
0: Yeah, good. Well, okay, let's let's try another question. There's so much we can talk about with this one yeah. uh, that it's there. So there are uh, different things that couples struggle with. Like, for example, maybe even um, one question was this, how should relatively minor things, like even cleanliness, for example, um, why does that affect a relationship and a marriage so much? Are they actually ways in which our marriages can be harmed by these little kinds of things that add up over time? and Go ahead, yeah. And the answer
1: is yes. So, uh, general rule from communication theory big things are big if they're big to you. Mm -hmm. Now, I might look at it and think it's ridiculous, Mm -hmm. right? I might say, All right, so what? I left the dinner dishes in the sink, I was going to get to them in the morning, Mm -hmm. and you say, No, 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 we need to clean these things tonight because it drives Mm -hmm. me crazy. Mm -hmm. Well, at that moment, you have a decision to make. Okay, we're either gonna dig in our trenches, Mm -hmm. we're gonna have a stalemate because I think it's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. I think that that bothers you is just silliness. But if it's a big deal to your spouse, Mm -hmm. then I think generally speaking, this is a big deal. Now, with one little caveat, they all can't be big deals. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? That's where the negotiation part kind of comes in and you have to say, okay, because you care about this, I care about it, but at the same time, we're doing this together. Mm-hmm. So there's so compromise uh, comes from the Latin middle way. Mm-hmm. I love that. So with a lot of these issues, you're gonna have to find a middle way. Okay, I won't leave the dishes overnight, but honey, we don't need to do it right after dinner, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. there's gotta be a compromise.
0: Yeah, I think that idea of compromise, finding a win-win, something that takes into account the other... person. You start a win-win, the other person feels heard, that you understand, you have their perspective, you re- you, you kind of can say, honey, I realize that the dishes, you know, or the house cleanliness bothers you a lot. And, and I really, I, I want to respect and honor that, that you like it clean. And I, what I'd like to be able to do is, can we find a way to do this so that Right now we can get some good sleep and I could get up even early and get them done. I feel or whatever it might be, right. some sort of win-win. And that, that begins just that
1: brainstorming idea and you know looking out for each other's perspective. What do you think? And I do like that idea of win-win. Mm-hmm. I also think, but it won't always be win-win. In other words, let's say you do uh-huh. have something that is just super like um, timeliness. Uh-huh. We're not going to be late, right. okay? Well, I think there could be certain situations where it's like, okay, I, I just, I just don't agree with this. Mm-hmm. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you, ha- yeah, honey, this is important to you. We're, we're gonna do it. I still don't think it's a big deal, but I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna give on this. Now, the way that that doesn't work is I start to keep track. Mm-hmm. Excuse me, based on my color chart that I did at Kinko's, I've given on five issues. You've only given on two. Mm-hmm. Boy, that that can lead to right. Now we're keeping track, we're judging each other. So again, all of this is attitude based. And this is where Paul does say, I I want you to learn to put the other person's preference above your own preference. And that's hard, that's a hard issue. Mm -hmm. Like this next question I think is, uh, maybe you and I are gonna disagree with this, I don't know, but here's my answer to this question. Is it okay to sleep on the couch when you are angry with your spouse? (laughs) I wanna say it depends. If the reason you're sleeping on your couch is I'm gonna punish her, mm. right? I'm ticked off, and I'm gonna punish her. Then mm-hmm. yeah, you don't sleep on the couch. Mm. If you're so angry, I I don't trust what I'm gonna say. Mm. I really don't. I, I I'm that upset. It might be good to take that break we said, and it might not be bad every once in a while to go sleep on the couch because I don't. I, I I'm really mad, mm-hmm. and I don't trust what I'm gonna say if I get back into that bed. So I want to say it's kind of situational. Uh, I don't think it's a great habit overall, but I, th- I could see some times when it might not be a bad idea to spend the night on the couch. You're kind of smiling. No, what do you think? I
0: just, well, I I just think that there is... It, 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 I think you're right. It does come down to context. If this is a pattern though, and, and this is what you're getting at, if this mm-hmm. is something that you you know, there's arguments, you both separate for a time and you pause, but you just really have a hard time calling back in. The, you know, and and you can't get out of the timeout and 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 get back together and talk about this. And so the pattern is okay. I'm just going to sleep on the couch, you know, and do this for a couple of nights. Or every time we fight, we tend to do this. I think. To me, you're you're starting to see signs of unhealth that would yes. point yes. to uh, yeah. Yeah. M- maybe even yeah. what can be stonewalling or hiding, right, or or, or avoiding. So, I, I think like you, I would I would want to look at the situation. Every once in a while, it probably is fine. I think just so long as it's not indicating that you're really kind of running away from something, avoiding it, and just not wanting to talk about it, then it becomes a stronger
1: issue. And we've all experienced that, man. Yeah. That 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 marriage bed when you've got back against back and yeah. you're just laying there, man. Yeah, it's hard. That's all. Remember, remember, um, Sarah Groves. Remember Sarah Groves. She had this great song called "Roll to the Middle." Yeah. She said, "We just had World War Three, and uh, this is when one of us has to roll to the middle." And I think God would say to each spouse, "Hey, this is on you." Mm-hmm. Uh, both of you, and, and there comes a time uh, where only one spouse can do that. One yeah. spouse can roll to the middle, and it may not always be met with a positive response. But this is where God is saying, I think, hey, don't tire in what's doing good. You do what's good, and the Holy Spirit is going to affirm what you have to say. But we've all been there. That, that, that can be some... Penetrating silence. Man. Yeah,
0: it can be, and also you can. By the way, you can find that song on YouTube.
1: Just uh, put in her name, and you can find it there. So let's yeah, try. And, th- and I've. I, oh, there just ahead. came a time. We just yeah. had to say to Elisa, "You have to go home. <laughs> we want the couch back.
0: <laughs> you can do this."
1: Yeah. Well, thanks for doing that. Thanks for encouraging her to come back and deal with the issues because she was. <laughs> so let- three months is a not go. <laughs> back. All
0: right. Let's try this. Um, one of the thing, one of the questions that we get is for people who are struggling in the areas. Uh, sometimes it's physical, or sometimes it's mental uh, issues that it might be struggling with. And um, how do you do this when your partner or spouse um, is dealing with significant, uh, you know, illnesses? Mm-hmm. Um, so here's how do you manage a marriage when one spouse suffers from? A, a mental illness or yeah. a, a physical, you know, no. illness that's happening yeah. that's been severe, and I, I think Tim on this one, it really does um, call us to fall back on our deepest commitments and understanding in a relationship, and that is, you know, I've made a commitment to you in sickness and in health, um, and 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 it's hard, and so to do this is going to take some time. Uh, for you to process, get some, maybe even some help uh, uh, from outside, from a support group who are in the same place, dealing with a spouse with these issues, because you can't... Ultimately, I think you could do this... best in partnership with some other people, whether it's counseling resources or whether it's just a support group, to help you with people who find themselves in a similar situation. It is hard and difficult when our spouse is hurting, and we it exceeds our level of expertise. We just don't know what to do, especially when it comes to mental illness. I really absolutely. do think we need to get professional yeah, help. Absolutely.
1: I'm, think, I'm thinking of a couple good friends of ours, spoke with Family Life. They were on a vacation, and he got hit by a drunk driver um, and had severe brain trauma. Mm -hmm. And he's back to functioning now. He can go back to work, but here's what she said. I have a totally different husband. He had a complete personality change, Chris. Can you imagine this? So he went from being a really lighthearted guy with a great sense of humor to now a guy who's super serious and everything Mm kind of bugs him. Mm -hmm. So I think we kind of just bookended this session because the very first thing we talked about was having a theology of marriage, right? Sacred marriage, Gary Thomas. That's the only thing I can say in addition to everything you just said about getting help, absolutely. But also reminding yourself, what's the purpose of marriage? It is to give God glory. And we have seen in the hardest of marriage Churches, that in fact they do give God glory because they're going through this dark night of the soul and they're giving God glory and but everything you said is true man you can't do that by yourself you need a support system
0: no, that's great Tim and thanks for bringing it back around to that question of of ultimate purpose and the ultimate Talos right um, yeah. and this is about ultimately finding hope but because God doesn't give up on us he surrounds us and protects us and I think in so doing when we take that perspective, that God isn't through he's using this in some way to uh, bring us closer together bring us closer to him then at the end we can we can handle a lot of these things that are really almost feel like oh, too overwhelming so that's right hey, that's good well, yeah, uh, well tim we should probably there's about a bunch more questions let's let's yeah. do another podcast yeah, on good. even additional questions in marriage that we can help with so Hey, thanks for tuning in. And if you want more information, um, there's a number of different blogs, podcasts, uh, events, and other things with videos on our website, cmr.viola.edu,
1: and check it out. Sounds good. Hey, thank you all for listening. We'll talk to you soon.